0: Welcome to the Photography Q&A Podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones, and welcome to episode number four. Now, before I get started, if you would like to leave a question, you can leave an audio message. You can record one through the website at Photography Q and a That's the letter Q and the letter A, and the word and... Dot com com. it also has a link to the facebook page so you could actually go over and ask a question there for the podcast and uh, if i think it's a good question i'll use it on the podcast especially the audio ones they get first stab i think so this week's question is what are the things that new photographers tend to mess up i've been there myself i've done these and others multiple times Don't feel bad if you're doing it, but it's just to identify things that someone who's experienced looks at and thinks, why did they do that? Why did they do this? So we're going to start off with number one, which is tilting horizons and leaning buildings. As a rule, buildings don't lean unless you live in Italy, where they have one big one there. If you take a picture, say on a a beach and the ocean is behind the subject, the horizon of the ocean should be horizontal it should be straight across they don't tilt if it tilted all the water would go that side it doesn't work like that so when you've got a photograph identify the parts of the photo that should be either upright vertical or horizontal perfectly flat this is simplifying it just a little bit i guess but when you're editing make sure that everything is straight sometimes when you're you're 18 to 55 and you've got it at 18 and you go close to someone everything is going to be distorted and out of shape around the edges of the picture just the way these lenses work but just identify them just take a a look at your images when you've got them in Lightroom or whatever you use I know Lightroom is excellent for this when you rotate it it puts a grid over the top of it and you can choose the part of the photo that should be straight up say the corner of a building Just line it up with the lines. Your picture's set then. It's perfect. Just don't leave it if it's sloping. It looks terrible. All right. Next is framing. Number two, framing. All right, let's just start with this one thing. I heard years ago, it's not what you include, it's what you exclude from the shot. An example of that is, say, taking a picture of one of your kids playing ball in the yard. You don't need to get the whole yard in the picture. It doesn't matter if you got yeah, you have a beautiful yard, that's great. But the picture is going to be of your kid with the ball. It's going to tell a story. Keep it tight. Another thing to look for when you're taking these pictures is framing it so that the tree that is behind the person or the street sign or whatever it is that's sticking up doesn't look like it's coming out of the head of your subject. It frustrates me no end seeing this. Why didn't you just look at the background? always look at the background first position your subject so it doesn't look a little bit crazy with something popping out of the head to help you with framing there's a thing that goes back to the old oil painting days of hundreds of years ago that's where it originated it's called the rule of thirds that's where you take the the image and you imagine two lines equally spaced apart coming down and two going across so it divides it into nine sections. So you've got you've got four lines, two down, two across. The idea is that you put points of interest on the lines or even better at the crossing points of those lines. And luckily Lightroom and most of the other editing softwares have those lines built in when you are working on it. You can then move your image around the frame enlarge it, shrink it down so that say the subject's head is on one of those junctions and it really improves your your, your process. It's, it's incredible. So think about that one, rule of thirds. Next, we've got number three, filters or in Lightroom presets. Don't overuse them. I've seen, and in fact, I've done it myself. There is a difference. Filters originally were made and before digital, of course, Filters go on the front of the lens, you put them in front. But this isn't what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the presets or the filters that people are using to change the coloring of an image. Similar to when you go on Instagram, when you put your picture on, they give you a a choice of doing all these different little filters. They're overdone, everybody's doing them. I've done it myself in the past. Every time I used to get an an average sort of image and it really wasn't doing it i would use a filter on it a preset and it ruins everything that you're doing you what you need to do is as a relatively new photographer you need to concentrate on producing good quality photos not oversaturated experiments and you'll see it all the time on facebook people say what do you think i've just got a new camera what do you think of this image and it is just blown out it's not even high definition or hdr whatever they call it it's not that it's just bleh. it's just too much of stuff people don't want to see you, you'll enjoy your own pictures and you think you've done something good but just please just concentrate on doing nice photos that are well lit all right that's that done with next number four soft or blurry images can be caused by quite a few different things mainly with beginners it's camera shape when you click the shutter button the camera is moving. So you need to hold, use your left hand to hold that lens nice and solid. Not so hard you break it, but nice and solid so it doesn't move. And practice this. Your right hand and your finger over the shutter. Be very gentle how you do the shutter. Concentrate. You're only moving the your finger, not your whole hand. I used to twist, and like my lenses don't have the new, well, not so new now, but the image stabilisation or the uh, vibration reduction that Nikon have, which helps you shoot at very slow speeds while still holding the camera. I don't have that, and I suffered with it terribly, and I would still do a little bit. When I'm going out on a shoot, I'll go a little early and take a bunch of pictures of nothing in particular, just to get rid of that camera shape. And it works. Just practice not moving the camera. Think about it. As you put your finger on the shutter and you go halfway down, the last half, concentrate, hold your breath, elbows in, and use a wider stance with your feet to get as stable as you can. And that will cure a lot of the shapes. Practice, really. You, It's muscle memory. The more you do it, the easier it'll be. Another thing is slow shutter speeds. Now, it's a lot easier now with the... Uh, stabilizations in the camera bodies and the lenses if you the old rule used to be if you were shooting a 50mm lens your minimum shutter speed should be 1 of a second if say i was using a 70 to 200 set the shutter so because you're going to be zooming in at 200 and awful half a lot with it set uh, Set the shutter speed to something equal to the 200, either 200th of a second, 250th of a second. And so match your shutter speed to the length of the lens. That is the old way of doing it. And it does work to a point. I still think 50th of a second with a 50 is a little slow. Try and stick to, say, 125th of a second, 125. It's basically because... Your shutter's going so slow, just the slightest movement in your hands, and it's going to turn out blurry. So, a faster shutter speed will capture things before your hands cause the problem. Using lenses that have VR and IS makes it a lot easier as well. That is a really good way. So, if you have the stabilization, you can shoot a little slower. And your problem, if you are having the problem, is probably camera shake. So, just work on both. Make sure your shutter speeds are fast enough and you're not shaking. You're not, you know, I mean, it's not, camera's not moving when you're pushing down on the shutter. Next one in this is not in focus. Now, the camera has a focus point. You can change them around. The more expensive cameras have incredible amounts now of different focus points that you can move it to. At the beginning, stick with your center focus point. If the focus point is not on the subject and it's, say, just slightly over the sp- over the shoulder of the subject it won't have your subject in focus the only part in your picture that will be in focus will be the background where the the sensor is pointing so concentrate on where you're putting that little mark in the middle of your camera there another one for not in focus believe it or not is i've seen a lot this week actually and that is being too close to the subject people trying to take pictures say of a bug on a leaf they get as close as they can and they get too close because your lens has a minimum focus distance it might be 18 inches or two feet or uh, for my 70 to 200 i think the closest you can get is three meters for my 24 to 70 i think it's about 18 inches don't know what my 50 is probably about 12 inches something like that so if you go too close it won't focus so bear that in mind another cause of shaky or blurry photos is too shallow a depth of field you can get a little overzealous with it and i've I've been you know i've done this before use the app i mentioned in episode three photo pills i think it's over at photopills.com it's excellent just experiment with it okay so Number five is shooting down at small subjects, children, pets, whatever you're taking a picture of that is low to the ground. Don't stand there, point your camera downward and expect to get a good photo. There is the one where they do where with dogs, where they'll get them to sit and they'll stand above them and take a picture and they turn out pretty nice. Everybody's doing that though. Go to their level, lie on the floor, sit on the floor. Once you do that, your background changes. Think about your background. If you're above someone, you're gonna see all the stuff that's around their feet as their background. If you get down to their level, you're gonna see the side of the yard, a little bit of sky. If you get below them, lie down and shoot upward at your kid. The background is gonna be a little bit of greenery from the tops of trees maybe, but mainly sky. So don't shoot down on small subjects. There, there, obviously, there's going to be times when you're going to be doing that, probably for different reasons that I'm talking about. But if you want more creative images, get down to the level or below the subject. Last but not least is not separating the subject from the background. And I see this a lot where people say, oh, take my picture and I'll go stand against a wall. This is generally a not, not a good idea. I've seen wedding photos where they've been in an old hall and the wall is decorated, you add wallpaper on it, like a big, red, gothic kind of wallpaper, very old style. And the bride and groom are stood in front, posing, doing different things. And it looked quite cool, but that's not an everyday situation. Move your subject away from the background. Then you use a shallow depth of field, say for a portrait of a single person, 2.8, F2.8, and the background will be blurry it'll blur the background the further away the subject is from the background the more blurry it will be and it'll make your subject stand out instead of disappearing into the wall if the subject wants a picture and I've had this at weddings they, I did one an outside wedding where there was a bar, uh, there was a barn on the property and they wanted a lot of pictures done around there and there's some cool ones but you get a little bit sick about them leaning against a wall so if you instead of taking the picture with the wall flat to you. You go lean against the wall as they do and take the picture down the wall with a shallow depth of field and it does look a lot cooler. You've just got to get creative. Separate your subject from the background, change different angles that you shoot from and you will, you just leaps ahead of most people. Okay, so to recap, number one, tilted images, horizons and buildings. Shouldn't be crooked, straighten them up. Framing, crop a little tighter. Either when you take the image or when you're processing it. And use the rule of thirds. It really helps. Filters or presets, the overuse of. Don't feel that this, think that this is a good thing. Because it really, it can get out of hand. Concentrate on getting a good quality picture. Soft or blurry images. Camera shake, too slow a shutter speed, too shallow a depth of field. Those are the things you want to look out for. Number five is shooting down at, at your subjects. Get on their level or lower. And you'll be amazed at the quality of your pictures. It'll change overnight by doing that. And last but not least is not separating the subject and the background. You need to do that. You need to separate your subject from the background. Don't be worried about it. Get them away from there. Use a shallow depth of field so the background is creamy and everything will be good. If you want the transcripts of this podcast or the links that I've mentioned, get over to photographyqanda.com. The link is in the description of the podcast, I believe. If you don't know how to set your camera up to shoot in manual mode, which is a really good thing to know, I've recorded a couple of videos, one for Canon, one for Nikon, uh, showing you how to do that. So you can view the videos over at 50mmframework.com, 50mmframework.com. And over there, I'm gonna be putting all the educational stuff. So anything that I think It'll be interesting. I'm going to put over there. Uh, Yeah, so that's about it. I hope you find today's podcast useful. Uh, Next week's question is, should I shoot JPEG or RAW? That should be a good one. Shouldn't take too long, I don't think. But anyway, thanks for listening. Stay safe and goodbye.